Are you a service-based business owner looking to increase profits to fund your lifestyle? Well, this podcast is for you. We bring you inspirational guests sharing actionable tips to solve many of the struggles you face each and every day. And now, over to your host, Paul Higgins. Welcome to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. And if you love what you hear or see, please subscribe. If you're a regular, thanks for your support. All of the links and everything mentioned will be in the show notes. But please feel free to take notes as you go because lots of value from our guest today. So who is our guest? Our guest today started doing websites for anybody with a heartbeat and a wallet. And he jokes and says, actually, just a wallet is fine. And he realized that he just wasn't getting any traction because he served everybody and therefore served nobody. So he started to niche down and he chose consultants. And what he's done now is researched over a thousand consultants to find out the real key reasons or the key struggles for them to get more clients. So he shares a lot of that research in this podcast and he covers the three ways that you can gain clients, the importance of podcasting, which we double down on because he's a podcaster and also obviously so am I. And then the third thing is how to perfect your message. Have you ever struggled with being really good at what you do, but you find it hard to articulate that? Well, this is right for you. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Alistair McDermott from Marketing for Consultants. Welcome, Alistair McDermott from Marketing for Consultants to the Build, Live, Give podcast. Great to have you here, Alistair. Thanks for having me on. I've always loved our conversations because you do remind me of a couple of Irish comedians. So whenever I hear your voice. I can't but help laugh, and I know that we're going to have lots of laughter through this. Through this, okay. <laughs> right, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah, you can't help but be funny with an accent like yours. That's 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 what I always say. But uh, I see. <laughs> yeah, so, well, I, I do like humor and joy in 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 work and business. I I you know I I don't like to take everything too seriously. You know, it's it's good to have a laugh and have fun. You know doing what you're doing yeah exactly Either, or you can go and work for someone else again right no no it couldn't <laughs> if do you that. want to be miserable <laughs> just go back and work for someone but uh yeah so look you know you and i effectively service the the same type of people which is consultants you know for me it's consultants that are typically left corporate build up a consulting practice and really want to drive an additional million in uh annual recurring revenue or get that next million. So for you, mm. what's your definition of a consultant? Who do you love to work with? Well, um, so I, I guess I would I would call those, and this is coming from uh, Philip Morgan, um, I would call those front door consultants. And so they're they're the ones coming from the corporate background um, where they were typically working for one of the one of the, the big corporate consulting um, firms. But there's also then side door consultants like myself and people like Philip um, uh, who who've got into the world of consulting through some kind of um, side door means. Um, and so for me, a consultant, I mean, there is the the prototypical management consultant, and you know, and and that's that that's a really you know that's a really skilled um intelligent job and and then there are those types of consultants who are you know um it consultants engineering consultants media consultants all of those types of 
you know, genuine experts in their field as well. And I think that the one thing that we share is that typically we're subject matter experts in something. And the other thing that, that sometimes that we share is that it's really hard to sell our own expertise. And so that's kind of why I'm doing this, uh, you know, with marketing for consultants is because this was something I struggled myself with. And, and I think I see a lot of people struggling with it as well. Yeah, look, and definitely, you know, I'm more the sales than the marketing, but yeah, scratch my own itch, uh, definitely. And I think, you mm-hmm. know, that's uh, once you've gone through all the hard work, it's great to then share that with others, which I know you do. So, you know, I know you help a lot of people, a lot of consultants that we just described with their marketing in particular, you know, how do you win new business, which, you know, it's always Mm -hmm. that battle between, you know, delivery and then new business. So, you know, what Mm -hmm. do you know about attracting uh, new business that um, many consultants miss? Right. Well, um, just just to give a bit of background to this, I did a, a a fairly extensive research project trying to get to understand the world of consulting, and so I did a survey that has over a thousand results from independent consultants for the most part, um, of various different types, uh, and that number is still ticking up as people discover the uh, the surveys online. But um, so I did it as a a. a, a a series of surveys where I would survey about a particular topic. Originally, I started out trying to understand how do consultants see their websites, and then that that took me into marketing, and then that took me to various different places. You know, as I as I had different questions I wanted answered, but I ended up with a lot of data and a lot of information um, about this. And so, if if I take a look from a high level, I see three really typical ways for consultants to actually get leads for their business. And the first is the the most popular, um, probably 95% of business comes from referrals and networking of some type. And I kind of lumping those together because referrals and networking, the the lines are very blurred, but it's generally a personal recommendation of some type that that you're getting. So that's the the major box. Um, And then there are outbound and inbound. And so outbound is your your typical, you know, outbound sales calls, cold calling, or doing some kind of LinkedIn lead generation or some kind of email, outbound email. Uh, For me, that is just not for me. Um, And there is also a thing. Sorry, go ahead. Why is that? Well, (laughs) I noticed on your profile, you said that I think on your head, it, you know, talks about without basically spamming people on on LinkedIn. So, yeah. So, so one of the things about consulting is that trust is really important. And when, when, and this is why referrals are so important as well is because referrals pass that trust as they, as they come in And, and people, what you're doing typically in consulting is you're doing something that's usually very risky for the client. It's usually transformative in some way, and it's usually quite expensive. So there's this massive requirement for trust, and that's why referrals are so important. And that's why the um, the big consulting firms with their with their you know um, decades or or, uh, or longer of of branding and and being around that they have generated this trust. Um, and so, so so that trust is is really important to have. And I think that if you're starting off in an interruption mode where you are cold calling somebody, you're starting off maybe not even at zero trust, but maybe in negative trust because you know you're you're interrupting them. So um, now you can happen to get somebody at the right time, but it it, it doesn't set off the um, 
it doesn't set off the the relationship well from the start. And then the other thing is a lot of people will say that experts don't need to cold call. And, and you know, that that there is something to be, to, to be, there's an argument to be made there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great observation. And I suppose the, you know, the, the way that we think of it is the inbound does help with some of the outbound, right? And mm-hmm. i.e. it's it's not cold outbound, it's warm outbound, which we can talk about in a moment. But good mm-hmm. conversation around uh, outbound, which is the second. What about the third, which is the inbound? Yeah, so inbound is is kind of, for me, that's the holy grail. So inbound is you're sitting in your office and somebody reaches out to you in some way. and that that is they've called you or they've booked a call on your your calendar or they've sent you an email or they've you know they, they've put their hand up in some way without you actively going out for them and this is this is the mark for me of true expertise and authority uh, because people are want to talk to you and and usually that comes from positioning yourself as an authority in some way and usually we do that through what some people call content marketing some people call it education marketing. Some people call it in- inbound marketing, and some people call it authority marketing. But basically, it is and sorry. Some people call yeah. it a pain in the you know what as well. <laughs> some people do, yes. And and this type of marketing is it's bloody hard to get right. That's the that's the problem. <laughs> and and so, um, but for me, it's it's also the holy grail because if you can get it right, then you can spend your time not doing cold calls, not having, if you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of experts who are kind of introverts and not really into the networking thing. Um, and um, who, who would much rather, you know, write books, write blogs, um, do research and things like that and, and have people come to them. And so this, this is much more uh, suited for, for people who are interested in working that way. Yeah. So, so, you know, what are some of the, the give us some examples of where content's working really well for some of your clients. Okay. Well, well, people who are um, people who, for example, like what we're doing here, we're, we are doing uh, podcasting and I've set up my own podcast for the same reason. What you're doing is you're well, in part you're, you're networking, but also you're positioning yourself on the same level as these experts and thought leaders. And so you, and you are building relationships too, but you are, um, you are positioning yourself as that authority, as that expert. And, um, and, and so that, that's one way. Another way is to like, um, Richard Newton, who's one of my recent guests, he's just published, I think, his 14th or 15th book. And um, and as part of that, by the way, he he got other experts to write um write their stories to to put into his book as as kind of um you know as real life examples. And so either writing the the the, the full book or seeing if, if there's some somebody doing something that you can collaborate or, or contribute to in some way. So those kind of things are um, are, are the kind of things that my clients are doing and, and that I'm doing myself. And, and that's what I'm doing with uh, marketing for consultants is uh, taking time to actually create that content. And that brings us to one of the problems with with this, which is a lot of consultants don't have time, particularly when they're in this kind of hourly rate trap where they're earning a very good day rate or an hourly rate. And so they don't take time out for content creation and kind of future value creation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we'll dive into that in a sec. So just back on to podcasting, you know, a lot of 
you know, you've just hit the nail on the head time, right? So that's, you know, that's the one thing that uh, none of us can buy, right? So mm-hmm. um, you talked about podcasting in particular. Like do you recommend, you know, people set up their own podcast, guest on podcasts, a combination of both? What's what's your, your sort of go-to when it comes around podcasting? Yeah, so, okay, well, I, I've been planning my own podcast since 2014. And I launched it in 2021 for anybody listening to this later. So that's a long, long time, a very, very long delay. One of the reasons for that was because I actually discovered that I had a problem with my business when I started to try and podcast. And I realized that actually I had no niche market. I wasn't a specialist. I was full services, everything for everybody. Um, my ideal client was somebody with a wallet and a heartbeat and, yes. and heartbeat optional. You know, that that was the, the typical kind of generalist thing. And, and so starting to plan the podcast actually became an indicator for me. And some some people listening to this might have noticed that when they try and write blog posts or when they try and um, plan something like content marketing or a YouTube channel or anything like that, they might actually see that it shows up problems in their business model and, and that they don't have an ideal target market and, and that they're not focused enough. So, sorry, I know I didn't answer your question quite so, so um so can can you ask that question again? And we'll, we'll yeah, go from there, no, so. that's fine. Because well, what I did take out of that is that y- your podcast is a way of amplifying who you serve and how you serve them, right? So yeah. Often, so you know, my view is a, a podcast is brilliant because you know, like for this, it's video that we can repurpose. So for me, I do you know an hour, you know, all in total, an hour. It'll be about you know thirty to forty minutes on air, so to speak, with a great guest like you that I'm sharing expertise. But then I can multi, I can cut that up and repurpose it. So also I do a solo show, which is like ten minutes. So that is mm-hmm. therefore something that I can clearly articulate an expertise and be seen in the world. Yeah. But that does take some time, right? So oh, what yeah. I'm trying to think of is when do you launch your own show versus mm. when do you just uh, piggyback off the off others podcasts and guests. Yeah. Well and and so um so so to answer that question that you did ask, um I, I would say probably if you can get started with other people's shows just to get more experience in in doing it. Um get you know start well first off start listening to podcasts because if you don't listen to podcasts you you won't really get it. Um, and then the other thing is invest a little bit of money. It doesn't have to be a lot of money, but invest a little bit of money in getting a halfway decent microphone. It could just be like a good USB headset or something, but you know, I'm talking 50 or a hundred dollars, you know, n- nothing crazy, but it does help when you sound good and, and it, it, you know, it gives a better impression to everybody. Um, and yeah, so I would say start with guesting. Um, and then as you, uh, as you start to plan and think about your own show, you, you can think about doing, um, either a show where um, you interview people in your industry, so maybe even interviewing your ideal clients, that would be a really great way to go and network with people. Yeah. And then you've got the option of doing a solo show. But I think, as you know, doing a solo show it can be quite tough at times, and it, and it can be, you know, it can be hard to um, to maintain. You know, you got to keep the episodes short. Um, it's a lot easier to have a conversation. It's, it's much more natural and flowing. You, you don't really need to do as much pre-work for that. There is another thing uh, that one of my uh, upcoming guests, Mike Clay, who's a big SEO expert, search engine optimization expert, he talks about a thing called content casting, 
which is something that he does with some of his clients. And it's, it's amazing, really. What, what he does is he takes a, a slide deck and he has, um, I think, five of the most common questions in an industry. And he sends that slide deck to his client and he gets his client to record themselves answering each of those questions. And he takes that, bundles it up as a podcast, also puts it on YouTube, also puts those slides on SlideShare and Google Slides and various different places. And the, the, the search engine optimization power of having all of those things interconnected um, is really useful. Also, he, you know, he takes a transcript, creates audiograms. And so he ends up with from one recording uh, and all that 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 the um, the end user, the, the client has to do is record themselves for 45 minutes answering five questions that they're already an expert on. And I really love this concept. Yeah, I think it's it's, right, it's brilliant. He, he calls it content casting. Um, I had never heard of it before, but it, it just sounds genius to me. So that could be another way to go as well. Yeah, and and what's the name of that person again? His name is Mike Clay from Mike. Clay Did. Yeah, from yep. Clay Digital. I'll send you the the link. Yeah, that'd be great, and we'll put that in the show notes for for everyone. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll be um, publishing his podcast in a couple of weeks on marketing for consultants as well. Excellent. And, and and I think that's, you know, that's, like you said, so efficient with time is yeah. you haven't got a lot of time. That's that's a great way of doing it. Now, um, just can I just say off. on time, Paul, th- yeah. there's one other thing. Um, and, and for anybody watching, if, if, if anybody is watching this on video, I'm just going to hold up a book. Um, this is The Business of Expertise by David C. Baker. Uh, and it's, it's a really uh, super book for anybody um, involved in, in consulting or expert services to read. But one of the things that, uh, that David says in there is experts have time to write and they have time to create content because they're charging more money. And it is one thing I think that we need to do is we need to charge more. If, you know, if I was to say that pretty much everybody listening to this right now can charge more, uh, you probably can raise your prices. You probably can at least raise them by 50% or maybe even double them. And it can be very scary, but as, as a kind of a general piece of advice that usually applies to most people who I talk to. So, you know, raise your prices in order to make time for creating content like podcasting and writing. And the action of podcasting and the action of writing will actually make you a better expert in your field because you'll be organizing and formulating your thoughts. You'll be doing research. You'll be talking to smart people. And all of that will make you better, which will make you um, be able to help your clients more which in turn will allow you to charge more. So it's kind of like, it's almost like a vicious cycle, but you have to break the cycle some way. You've got to charge more to give yourself time to create the content. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. And, and most people, you know, it's not as if we've got our pricing plastered all over our website, right? So you can mm-hmm. do it case by case. So the next client that you get to, you can offer that new pricing. And, you know, most times, like you said, they'll say yes. And then you think, oh, my God, why did I take so long to do it? But mm-hmm. that's just part of the, the evolution. But, look, I completely agree with that. And it's not also as if you're, all your clients get together and talk about their pricing, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. the, I think the other thing on pricing is that it's return on investment, right? Mm-hmm. So, i.e., it's not an hourly rate. It's actually a, a share of the value so i always talk roughly yeah. about 10 percent. i always say to my clients look i'm going to get you we're going to get this result you're going to wear 90 you're going to keep 90 percent of it right so if, if i said to you um you know let's there's a i'll show you exactly where to find a hundred dollar bill 
you keep nine and I have 10 of it, would you be happy with that? Every day of the week, yes. Mm-hmm. But that's the exact yeah. same thing here is that it's the price per value. So look, great point. Yeah. Uh, just uh, value. Yeah, sorry. Value value pricing can be very difficult to do, um, and I suggest that uh, people check out Blair Ends. Uh, that's uh, Blair E N N S and Pricing Creativity, uh, which is a book that he actually value priced. So it costs like two or three hundred dollars to buy it um, Canadian, I think. So, um, but it's well worth it because you'll you'll get that back on your first project most likely. So uh, I suggest people check that out too. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. A wealth of knowledge here. Just. The last quick one on podcasting is, and I've got to move on, but, you know, finding the right shows. What's your advice on how to get on the shows that are best for you? Okay, so it, it, first thing is you really need to understand who your ideal client is. That That is kind of like a precursor to to pretty much anything. And I would argue that, you know, you, you, should, you should be able to narrow that down a fair bit too. You know, you should be able to narrow it down ideally to an industry if you can, like being vertically specialized, but I think that's a conversation for another day. Um, The other thing is following people. So if there's somebody who's ahead of you in your industry a little bit, who has the same ideal clients, go figure out what shows they're on. Um, and you can you can do some Google searches, you know, you can put in things like um, today's guest is and then their name and, and put that in quotes and stick that into Google and that will bring up some um, some podcasts. And, and so figure out what those podcasts are. I actually got my assistant to, um, to make up a list of, um, I think we have 50 or 60 shows. And then what we did was we ranked them by the number of episodes they have. So now we know like how maybe how popular that show is. So it gives us an idea of, you know, and, and so we're, we're like, my goal is to be on 25 podcasts this year, for example, as a guest. Yes. Yeah. So one, one every fortnight. And and so we'll, we'll just, you know, and, and we're not reaching out to be on, you know, the, the biggest shows out there. We're not trying to be on the Joe Rogan show. And in fact, I didn't even pitch you to be on this show today. Um, we, It just came kind of serendipitous, you know, um, and that happens. But um, but you can also reach out to people, but also having your own podcast and inviting other podcast hosts to come on your podcast is a good way to get that reciproc- reciprocal effect as well. Yeah, yeah. And look, I agree with everything you said. And and I think there's some really good platforms out there. So Listen Notes is one of them that you can go and see some stats like because it's hard to find what's really happening in a podcast. Right. Uh, but yeah, look, I think and... You know, I think that's the best way to get your podcast out is to be on other mm-hmm. podcasts. So I think that's yeah. really smart. So it doesn't hurt to it doesn't hurt to be on smaller shows either, because even if there is only a very niche um, show or very small listenership, you're still developing a relationship. You're probably still getting search engine optimization benefit from having your website linked. You know, it's it's probably worth the the hour or two of your day that it takes to do that. So you know, I, I wouldn't be too concerned about like the size of the show that you're going on. Yeah, and I think uh, you did right. I think the benefit of a, a, I'd much rather someone that is really good at promoting their show than the size of the audience, right? Because especially sometimes if you've got, you know, I've had some really large guests, they're not going to really share the podcast that they've been on your show because they're promoting Mm -hmm. their show. Right. So that's where I think someone that's passionate about their show has your direct ideal client and shares it and promotes it, I think is, you know, there's some of the qualification pieces we have 
mm-hmm. to make sure that we're getting on the right show. So, um, you know, I know where, you know, I could spend forever talking about this, right? Because we're very much aligned on how we do and, and marketing and sales, as you said, it, you know, it's very, um, they're very much linked these days. You know, I, I don't think there is a divide anymore. And all of us as owners are effectively wearing both the sales and marketing hats, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have yeah. sales oh, and marketing yeah. teams per se. But, you know, wordsmithing, right? I, how many times, and I've struggled with this, how many times someone says, I know what I do, right? I'm really mm-hmm. good at what I do, but I just don't know how to say it to other people. Right? I don't mm-hmm. know how to get my messaging right. And every time I talk to an expert, they give me a different angle. And, like, for me, I've just gone and changed my genius model. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is like a week or two weeks worth of effort just to change everything just because you've changed one piece of copy, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. So some thoughts yeah. around around that one. Um. Okay, so for me, everything comes back to what I call the positioning statement. Some people call it your value proposition um, or your UVP or various different names. But it's usually something like we help these people solve this problem or we help these people get this result. And then you can you can tack onto that by doing this so that they can do this. And so that you're talking about the, the, the you know, the, the first half is, is, is naming what you do and who you do it for. And the second half is talking about uh, how you actually achieve that and what the benefits are for them. So that, that can be a really good statement to stick, particularly on, on your homepage, um, front and center on your homepage. If you're a service business that, uh, you know, if you're in professional services, there's usually some nuance to what you do. Your target market is usually a little bit niche down. So you need to explain it. And people, it's not like you're selling Nike and you can put up a pair of Nike on your homepage and people know, like you need to explain it to them. And I would say, don't get cute. Don't get clever. Just say it straight out. You know, we help these people solve this problem or I help these people solve this problem. And, um, and that can, can really help, you know? So yeah, that's where I'd start with. Yeah, like like you said, you know, we do a lot of LinkedIn uh, posting, so that's probably where I'm sharing a lot of my great content. Like I'll be sharing uh, this podcast interview and get you know anywhere between fifteen to thirty thousand views a post, which is mm-hmm. you know fantastic coverage. And then off the back of that, the people that liked and commented, then we reach out to them. But mm-hmm. from an outreach perspective, there's so many profiles that I read. And I'm just like, I've got no idea what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I you know, I won't go into the depths of what should be, but I think that is your headline at the top. Yeah. You know, think of your header as the billboard when someone drives down the road. So that's the first part. And then that headline is so critical. And I love what you said mm-hmm. because, you know, people have got two minutes. They're incredibly busy. Everyone's time mm-hmm. for, yeah. right? And all they want to know is, is it worth me diving deeper into this profile? And if you make that hard for them, like packing all your skills uh, in your headline, that doesn't help anything. Like a podcast, yeah. if I wrote podcast or author, you know, people are like, well, so what? How, who, who do you love to work with, right? As you said, how do you work with them? And then what result do you get for them? Just do that on your on your uh, line. So, um, and just coming up with that um, messaging, you know, often people say that it's, um, you know, it's hard to see the the label from inside the jar. What's been your yeah. experience with with yeah. that? Where people you know constantly try to do it themselves, and then they may work with someone like you, and all of a sudden yeah. 
bang, you can see what. Yeah, I, I think that's why it's good. And, and actually, that quote, I think, is from the book I showed you earlier from David C. Baker, or at least he's one of the people who's repeated it. Um, it it's, it is. It's really hard. It, it's, it's tough to work on your own positioning. And so... This and it is something that you wordsmith over time, but I, I think you have to narrow it down to who, who your audience is and at least have that part and, and have some idea of how you're going to try and help them. And you can start to kind of fine tune the words and you can tweak. I mean, it's something that like I would revisit maybe every two or three months. And I actually have, because I'm a, I'm a geek like that, I have a spreadsheet that has a history of all my positioning statements and uh, over time. And you can see it going from being stupidly broad uh, to getting very, very niche. And you can see the, the different ways I tried to wordsmith it. At one point, I was saying, rather than independent consultants and subject matter experts, I was saying um, authors, coaches, and consultants, or authors, speakers, and consultants, something like that, you know, just different ways. But I mean, in effect, that's kind of saying three things. Speakers, authors, and consultants are usually consultants, consultants, and consultants. So, you know, it's just a different way of, of approaching it and and seeing what Jonathan Stark calls a Rolodex effect um, or a Rolodex moment where you trigger, where somebody goes, oh, yeah, I know somebody like that. And then they can refer you because you've explained what you do and who you do it for in a way that they understand, you know, could you explain it to your grandmother? <laughs> you know, could you explain it to your mother um, and, uh, or your grandfather or your father? <laughs> so, sure. you know, can somebody who's not technical or who's, who's, um, who's not in your field, can you explain it to them? You know? Yeah. And, and look, I, I just recently changed mine because I had service-based business owners and someone said, mm. so would you help a hotel? And I'm like, no. And they said, well, mm. you know, why are you saying service-based business owners? So now I've said consultants, but I've also said consulting, um, so owners of uh, consulting businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, yes, I can help solos, but I'm much better when someone's actually at that next stage of growth. They've gone through all the refer- right. referral stage, like you said, but now mm-hmm. they actually need help to build a sales system to get to that next step. Yeah. So, the, um, the, the, the issue there is the label. You know, do, do people have a label that they refer to themselves by? Because you could say B2B professional services owner, and, and that could be exactly and really accurate, but they don't they don't think of themselves as a B2B professional services owner. And like like the person who, who asked you about the hotels, if they heard you say that, they're like, what what? Who the hell is that? You know, it's you know, it's it it doesn't resonate with anybody. So can you find something where people understand instinctively, oh yeah, that's that's like my friend Dave, you know, and that's that's what you're trying to figure out. And 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 it's usually a label. And if they have a collective label, that's the ideal that 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 describes them. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've got to, to gain, you've got to give up. So, i.e., you've got to give up the broadness like you spoke about before to really say, well, these are specifically the people that I can help. And that's scary because people say, I'm leaving money yeah. on the table, but I always say, how many clients do you really need a year? Right? Yeah. And We're, when you go mm-hmm. back to that, you're not trying to fill Wembley Stadium. You're just trying mm-hmm. to fill a row of seats. In the stadium, right? I, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. I had that same fear myself when specializing in it, and it is this this massive fear. And it's something actually I talked to talked to Philip Morgan. He's a he's a business coach of mine and a friend of mine. And we talk about this, um, about this fear, this it's kind of almost visceral, you know, this thing of, of like I can't cut out all of these, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself and all of the things. Um, I was recently talking to a guy called Louis Grenier, who, who hosts uh, another podcast called uh, Everyone Hates Marketers. And 
what he said is, what are you going to miss out by not specializing? So when you don't uh, focus down, you're going to miss out on credibility and expertise because you're not focusing down on one on one audience. You're going to miss out on money because people perceive expertise, uh, and and so um, you can ask for more money. And he's this one's brilliant. He said you're going to miss out on relationships with people who do stuff that's complementary to yours because if you're a generalist, everybody is a competitor. But if you're a specialist, then you can partner with people who who don't serve the same market or do something. Slightly slightly different. So there's a lot of stuff that you're actually missing out on as well as as um, when you don't specialize. Yeah, yep, totally agree. So just remember, we're listening to Alistair McDermott from Marketing for Consultants. So just before we go into the next section, which is the live section, I'd like to ask you, have you got the sales system to generate that next million dollars in revenue for your business? If you're not sure, I've got a pulse check that helps you to come to that. So there is nine questions. You can answer them in three minutes. But the nine questions I've found through working with hundreds of consultants, that they're the most important questions. So go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse and complete your check today. So the next section is the live section, Alistair, and what are some of the daily habits that help you successfully run your business? Mm, okay. I, I have to say, I'd love to tell you about my, you know, million dollar morning routine and, and stuff like that, but I'm actually pretty terrible at, at habits and things like that. Um, I have a lot of passion for what I do. Um, I do um, I do have, you know, my, my regular daily routine. Um, I try and make time to read always. I read a lot of fiction and a lot of nonfiction. And uh, when I say I read a lot, I mean, um, practically while I'm stopped at the traffic lights in the car, I'm reading. Um, uh, no, not, not, not really. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm standing in a queue at the bank or if I'm standing in a queue at the, you know, the taco shop or something, I'm, I'm reading a book um, or I'm listening. I'm going for a walk on the beach. I'm probably listening to a podcast or an audio book. Um, so that like, I'm I kind of, maybe I've, I'm just addicted to information, but I also read a lot. I read a lot of fiction at night. Um because I think fiction is, it's almost like meditation because when you're reading nonfiction at night, it makes your, your brain go, um, go haywire thinking about things. Whereas when you read fiction, it kind of, it kind of, uh, flatlines your brain. You just sit down to focusing on one thing. So I think it, it kind of helps you sleep. So, um, yeah, big into reading and books and, um, and, uh, I, I live in a, a beautiful part of the world here in the West of Ireland. So go for walks and, um, and things like that. So yeah, beautiful. And, uh, I'm assuming summer is is approaching. Yeah, we, we've we've actually just had a fantastic two or three weeks of weather. It's been been great. Um, you, you can check out. I put some photos up on Twitter and and um, and Facebook and things like that. But uh, we, we've just got an orange weather warning this evening, so it's uh, it's a bit wintry out there tonight. <laughs> so, but um, but yeah, no, it has it has been fantastic. So yeah, yeah. great. And I know when we spoke, my. Uh, dad's side of the family are, are from Ireland. So uh, mm -hmm. Higgins used to be O'Higgins. And mm -hmm. uh, yes, I, I can't wait to get to that side. I've only been to... Yeah. Uh, my, my maternal grandmother uh, were Higgins. So right. yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably related somewhere. Yeah. North, North County, Dublin. Yeah. Good farming country. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So uh, the next section is the give section. What's a community mm -hmm. or charity that you support and why? Um, 
Okay, so th- there's a couple of things. There's, I- I'm into civil liberty cha- type charities because I think that they fight the good fight for things that are not very not very sexy. You know, it's there's there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stuff that they do to to just keep politicians and people honest. So uh, there are some of those. Um, but my big passion, I guess, would be um, uh, charities that that help with depression and suicide. Um, and in pr- particular, the cycling on suicide here in Ireland is something I've taken part with, with in and um, I've supported. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think um, depression is something that I've seen in my family. I've experienced it a bit myself, but n- not to the same degree that, you know, that, that people who, who've had it have experienced it very badly would have but i have experienced it to some degree um particularly when times were tough in business and things like that the thing that i think is particularly evil about depression is that it makes you think that you can't get out of it and it 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 sucks away that that the the ability to think um that you're that things are going to get better so um and i know that you know it's 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 nasty and so um and a lot of people have um and i know that there's the the um suicide awareness and just to know that you know a, a lot of people go through tough times and the cycling on suicide their uh, motto is it's absolutely okay to not feel okay and it's absolutely okay to ask for help and just know you know that sometimes you see people and you think oh you know they're having a great time and you see their instagram and their facebook and everything looks rosy for them but you know they may actually under the surface be, be going uh, undergoing a tough time as well it's just they're they're hiding it better than 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 you are you know your own feelings so um so just that people know that it's okay not to feel you know 100% all the time and that you know go and talk to somebody if you're not feeling that way and just share it and and um and, and that will that will help you know yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, just quickly, I support the Purple House, so purplehouse.org.au, and they help Indigenous Australians get access to dialysis, having been on dialysis and uh, having a transplant. I'm one of the lucky ones, but there's a lot that aren't, so it's a great cause. All the proceeds of my book, Build, Live, Give, go to that and also a portion of my total income goes to that charity as well. So the next and the last section is the action section where I ask you some questions and you give me some rapid fire responses. Are you ready? Cool. Go for it. All right. So the first is what technology is essential for your business? Um, probably Google Apps um, or whatever they're calling it, G Suite or Google yeah, Work. Cloud or, or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, they change they change the name way too often, but yeah, no, I, I find that that things that things just hang together based on that, you know, and and I mean Slack and Zoom are important too, but um, but yeah, I think I think that's probably the the backbone. Yeah, brilliant. And the next is uh, what sales tip would you love to give? Um, read Pricing Creativity by Blair Enns. Brian, and we'll definitely have the links to that in the yeah. show notes. Uh, the next is what's the best source of new ideas? I know you talked about walking, reading, but what else, mm. or are they the ones? Um, so following smart people on social media and you know, cultivating your, your, your social media or curating your social media so that you're following people who are saying interesting things rather than, um, you know, rather than talking about soap operas or, or whatever, you know, no offense to soap operas, but you know, if you're, if you're following smart people who are talking about interesting things that will usually fire off the, the neurons, you know? Yeah. And look, you know, just quickly, you and I are both, you know, love learning as, as you expressed before. And I think, yeah, there's just a, 
it's brilliant to be in a time where I can listen to nearly anyone on the world just by mm. putting in some headphones and and uh, pressing play. So uh, yeah, it is an amazing time to follow those those people. And the last one, and it's the big one, and that's why I leave it to the end. What impact do you want to leave on the world? Well, I. I've been thinking about this um, and I've been thinking about my mission, you know, my, my business mission and just general mission. And um, so part of my mission is to, to just help people who have experienced the same problems that I've had um, in, you know, it's, it's very frustrating when you know that you're an expert in something and you can't figure out how to get paid for that expertise. And, and you know that, you know, you can really help people, but why is it so difficult to sell my expertise and get it valued highly? And, and so that's part of what I'm doing with, with, with the podcast and with, with the email list. And, you know, I'm, I'm developing an e- email course and things like that around it. Um, and that's, so that's part of it. And the other thing just in general is to try and make life a bit easier and a bit better for a large group of people and, and, you know, just try and help people. And, um, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's very easy. You, you don't need to do a whole lot to just not make life worse for people. You know, um, usually doing very little actually helps people. And then if you can actively do something, that's even better. But um, yeah, just, just trying to make life easier, you know, if you see somebody having a tough day, you know, um, and they, you know, you, you meet somebody in a retail environment, they're having a tough day clearly, and they're not able to serve you properly because of the, the situation, you know, don't double down on it. Don't, don't, don't make their day worse, you know, <laughs> just say, Hey, yeah, I see you're having a rough day, you know, sorry about that, you know, and, and just try and help and just give, make them smile. So there's part of it is, is that, and just, you know, I think that if people are not, in a bad situation, if people are not kind of acting from a place of scarcity or, you know, where, where they're at the bottom of the, um, of the Maslow hierarchy, I think that most people generally want to help other people for the most part, you know, assuming, you know, they're not some horrible racist or something like that, but for the most part, people do want to help other people. So um, I, I, I would like to, uh, to just be one of those people just helping other people and trying to make um, life easier and better for, for people overall. Yeah, well, look, you've definitely done that today, so I appreciate that. And I know you do it on a regular basis through your podcast, which is Marketing for Consultants. So I highly recommend that. It's on my playlist. I do listen to you at two and a half times speed. It gets a little difficult at sometimes, Alistair, but uh, yeah, we've been listening to Alistair McDermott. <laughs> thanks for being on the show and thanks for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Paul. Pleasure. Cheers. Bye. It was great to have Alistair on the show. You could tell that we really help the same people. So there's a lot of alignment in the things that we do. But I love the fact that he's gone and done a thousand research or researched a thousand people where he's got some very specific. So obviously you can go and listen to his podcast at Marketing for Consultants. Also, if you would like to find out if you've got that sales machine to grow your next million in annual revenue go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash pulse. Please take action to build, live, and give. Thanks for listening to the Build, Live, Give podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave us a review. It would mean the world to us.